0: This is Viterbi Voices, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more.
1: Directly from our students, faculty, and other members of our engineering community. All right here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering.
0: Welcome back into Viterbi Voices. As usual, I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma. I'm the Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering.
1: And my name is Audrey Roberts. I'm a senior studying mechanical engineering here at USC.
0: And back for another episode is Luce. Luce, what, what is it? how many episodes have you been on the podcast for now? That
2: would require me to do math uh, and basic addition, so I'm not uh, too sure.
0: Over under, over under on five or ten? What are uh, we
2: got I want to say around five, up, up five. About five,
0: right? <laughs> We're somewhere in there. Yeah, you're a pro. We'll introduce everybody, remind everybody who you are if they haven't listened to your other episodes.
2: Yeah. Hi, everyone. My name is Luce, and I'm a senior studying computer engineering and computer science from Bell Gardens, California.
0: All right. Now we are, uh, to, with full transparency, we're all coming from a number of different places right now. Um, one, I have a plumber here at my house because we had a pipe burst uh, next to our water heater this morning, which is fun. And so he's clanging around out there um, and my dog is barking. So if you hear my dog barking, it's because I'm trying to keep her calm next to me. So I apologize if you hear any growling or barking because she's very protective. And then Audrey, you... You you blew something up in your lab? Is that right? What happened? I'm sorry.
1: I spilled some water, basically.
0: <laughs> spilled have, some water.
1: I have run back from it.
0: So we're we're a little we're a little disjointed right now. But Liz, we're here for you, and you brought us an episode. Tell us what is going on with this particular episode that you're bringing us today.
2: Yeah. So I am currently taking three forty, and I was writing super 340, super, super right? writing three forty. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Not RIT three forty, um,
0: but writing three forty. Yes. Sure. Course. Got it.
2: Uh, And uh, my professor is uh, Elisa Warford, and she works under the Viterbi School of Engineering, and she actually teaches writing, which is, uh, I think, a skill that isn't shined shined enough light on. It's super duper important, especially as an engineer, uh, to be able to not only have technical prowess, but also have the verbal and, you know, written communication skills that you need to get those ideas across. So we talked all about that and how how especially important it is, spe- specifically when we're talking about emerging technologies, specifically in the climate change and sustainability realm to kind of convince people to get them on board and get them excited for technology.
0: Right. So to catch everybody up, there are two writing classes that are required of all students at USC writing 150 and writing 340 writing 150 is your first year writing class which is different topics typically that you get to choose and writing 340 is always based on your major and so your major being engineering and computer science, is, what i believe this the class is called advanced communication for engineers is, is yes, that the specific title of the class the
2: full name Correct.
0: and and uh give us a quick run through as to what gets covered because if you think from a high school perspective they, they think of english classes what's covered in writing 340 what, what do you go through
2: Okay. This is exciting because I just turned in a big project and I'm actually pretty excited about the class. Sweet. So, uh, my, my class is, is sorry, I'm in a course. course that
0: starts happening. Go oh, ahead. Love oh, sorry.
2: That. Dog cam. Um, my class actually has is a special focus class on climate change and sustainability, which is, uh, something that I always wanted to take class in and writing just kind of fit into that. And it was perfect. Um, and you know, we kind of go through, obviously there's going to be some writing tips and like how, to, you know, switch from passive to active voice and all kind of general writing tips, but a lot of it will also be kind of analyzing existing technical writing and also analyzing research that exists out there and using it to kind of craft our own writing. Uh, To give an example, I just submitted like a 3000 word paper on um, kind of the uh, sustainability of nuclear energy. And if you use sustainability as an ethical framework, Um, and define what it means for something to be sustainable, how does nuclear energy kind of stack up there? So just to give kind of an example of the stuff we're doing, yeah.
0: Very cool. cool. And then Professor Warford is fantastic. She's one of my favorite. I know her quite well. So it's really great to have her on the podcast. Let's get out of the way, Luz. Hand it over to you and uh, Professor Warford to talk about uh, Advanced Communication for Engineers, Writing 340.
2: Let's start it from the top. Hello, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good, thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Uh, now to our listeners at home, because we do have listeners uh, who can't see my fancy zoom UI and everything and don't know who you are and you're an unfamiliar voice. Can you go ahead and give us like a little introduction like who you are and like kind of what you do? Sure, I am Elisa
3: Warford and I am a associate professor in the engineering writing program. Um, where I teach uh, engineering writing classes, the Writing 340 class that the um, upper division, it's the upper division writing requirement for all USC students. And and I, along with my colleagues in the program, teach the engineering version of that class. Um, and then I also teach a, a class on the ethics of science and technology, um, in addition to the writing classes.
2: Cool. Um very, very interesting stuff. Um, You know, if anyone, any listener were to go, and like Google you and like click on your faculty profile, it says that you're a technical writer. And this is actually not a word that I knew what, like words, I guess, plural, that I didn't know what that was until I actually, you know, until I was actually like a junior in college. Um, It was a very unfamiliar word to me. So to are uninitiated, would you like to give us like your own definition of what is technical writing? Yeah, so I do I do technical editing
3: for mm-hmm. um, like on on engineering writing and technical writing. It's is a component of sort of what we teach in the writing 340 classes, but actually. It would be a stretch to say that they're purely technical writing classes. Um, so technical writing, you know, sort of a narrow definition of that is you write like documentation or instructions or you know software documentation. You you like write you explain like processes, um, and you, as a student in the writing three hundred and forty class, know that that's not all that we're doing. Um, so in the writing three hundred and forty classes, we. It's we call it more engineering communication to try to cover like a a multitude of the types of writing that the um, that that students will be doing as engineering and so as engineers and so um, and then also it's um, sort of like professional writing in general too because a lot of the a lot of the concepts and principles we teach could apply to just business writing or, you know, a lot of different fields. Um, But we want our students to be able to write with precision and highly and and organized. Um, And then also, I think that you can think of technical writing as a a form of rhetoric. It's um, and the engineering writing that you're doing. Um, is a form of persuasion. And it's, even though it's easy to think of like, oh, the data, they're objective and the data speak for themselves and, and science writing and um, engineering writing is, is just sort of an objective presentation of the data. That's not really true. You're still trying to, you're still, you're still selecting the data, right. And you're, and you're organizing it and you're presenting it in a way to support your interpretation of the data and rather than it's not like persuasion like you write a position paper or you read a you write an op-ed for a newspaper but you're still trying to persuade your audience which might be a technical professional audience to sort of accept the validity of your data you know and how you got your data that that made sense and that you ran your tests in a you know a, a well designed way um, and then also the interpretation of the data. Cause we like to say that, you know, I did I already say this, that the data speak for themselves, right. but really yeah. they don't like, really you have to interpret the data. And so that's still a form of persuasion. And so you always have to sort of consider your audience, um, and what forms of evidence they're going to find persuasive.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could I'll jump around here on on my questions a bit yeah. because we're on this thread of kind of what it means for this nonverbal component of communication to be involved with kind of engineering and science, um, and you know, for many many students who might be like new or unfamiliar with engineering, you know, sometimes there's this like limited scope of like, you know, engineering is math, science and technical prowess. And that's it. That's all it takes. So I guess in your opinion, or I guess in terms of, in the context of your experiences, like, in what ways do you think writing and technical writing and, you know, scientific persuasive writing has an effect on how, engineering is done or have you do you have any experience with that? yeah yeah for sure um
3: for one thing sadly students who think oh I'm a, I'm going to be an engineer I don't need to know how to write well sadly that that that's just not true and in fact the higher up sort of you get the more you time you spend communicating and so yeah sorry to disabuse you know oh, yeah. students of that of that myth because you always you know it's not going to do you any good to have these you know do these well designed tests and and validate your data if you can't communicate it if if then nobody can understand and so you know truth be told you don't have to be a super writer or communicator to have a fine engineering career so like just allay that fear but because it is sort of persuasion if you can communicate your ideas clearly, whether you're, you know, pitching ideas to a manager or an investor um, or to the public or to a government, you know, agency, then you're going to have a leg up. And, you know, one of the things, you know, employers know that any Viterbi student, you know, graduate, is going to be solid in the technical skills, you know, it, but it's like the communication skills that can, I think, set you apart and um, kind of propel your career.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah. Faster. And just to kind of like add the student perspective so that again, I'm a senior now I've done a couple of internships here and there, like at major tech companies and like, you know, even before, like, landing those jobs and everything, I, I would have to write, <laughs> like, you know, answer questions. Like, some of the application like, for the job, I needed to, like, t- like what, w- why do you like computer science? And that's such, a, like, a broad question. And, yeah. you know, I just had to learn to be articulate. And, you know, again, this is goes kind of hand in hand with, like, learning to sell yourself, you know, you, yeah. kind of carries all persuasion right Persuasion, right right right, right. a job sure. application of course is just yeah. pure persuasion had no. to write a project proposal this week uh yeah. <laughs> and i was like um wait i haven't written actual words in a minute <laughs> uh so that that was fun mm-hmm. um so but t- turning it around a little bit more to your experiences i i just want before i forget i want to ask if there are any, anything you've worked on that's been like super interesting or examples of work that you've done within like the engineering field as, as an editor, as a writer?
3: Yeah, no, I I would just say sort of it's, it's my, my, my PhD is in English and um, in American literature. And so I, it, it's been a, a crooked path uh, <laughs> to get to Viterbi. Um, and so I've just enjoyed, I, it's really interesting to me sort of to read in these like journal articles or proposals, kind of that the overall goal is to sort of help society. And so um, I've done a lot of work on like environmental engineering technologies, like capturing, recovering waste heat um, or um, uh, cooling, like cooling technologies that use less power. Um I've done work on like nuclear uh like nuclear risk assessment. I might have mentioned this in, in we talked about this in yeah, class the other day. Sure. And it's been really interesting to see sort of just very the um the the very different way that engineers perceive risk from the way the public perceives risk, like in right. in a in like nuclear technology. For the engineers, it's you know probabilistic risk assessment and it's very right, quantifiable, Mm -hmm. and the public just sees Fukushima, you know, Daichi accident, and and no, no, no more nuclear Mm -hmm. um, power. And so again, sort of communication has to come, comes into that. So it's not really, it's sort of an outdated view that, that the engineers just have to say, like, oh, trust us. Don't worry. We're engineers. You can trust us and you'll be safe. Like they, I think more of the current research is looking at sort of a more of a dialogue, like that, that a dialogue with the public on those kinds of issues of risk where the engineers really take seriously the public's, you know, fears and opinions and doesn't, just dismiss them as being, oh, well, that's just silly. You know, we have the numbers. Um, but finding a way to engage and, and allow the public to have meaningful input and for there to be, you know, kind of this two-way respect between the two different groups. Um, again, that's like communication. And how do you um, facilitate that kind
2: of dialogue? That you're, I really like like the word dialogue that you use there because you know I think I think it's easy you know it's very it could be very easy even for me to be trapped in my little Viterbi engineering bubble and I'm like yeah everyone I'm talking to is engineers They know what I'm talking about right nope they're not like that especially especially in the real world so you know it's a great segue to kind of like the next kind of more topical question that I wanted to ask and you know you probably probably you know you kind of covered it a little bit but I just wanted to you to expand on this but um you know I'm Uh, we know each other from (laughs) your topical class on climate change Mm -hmm. and sustainability, which I am greatly, greatly enjoying. Um, And, you know, I know you teach an ethics class as well. Um, So I guess on, on that thread, you know, in what ways is like writing kind of especially important when you're talking about technologies that people are unsure of or, you know, new, innovative stuff that you know might has never been seen before I feel like it has to be important because you know again communication with the public non so much non-technical audience I don't know if you want to kind of like expand on what it means to to kind of write about things that are new and kind of scary and you know never been seen before
0: Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of Opportunities to do it, and it's happening all summer long. But get your registration in now at Viterbi dot link slash visit. Hope to see you soon.
3: Yeah, um, and and certainly, like with new kind of energy technologies, like nuclear, or um, I think it's important for engineers to. Um, or any writers really to, to identify common values um, and so uh, it, to, to identify the values of the audience and um, figure out ways to uh, frame the argument in terms of those values and so with climate change um, for example I mean co- climate change communication is a huge area of its own study right because uh, especially in the US, there's, it's been so hard to convince people about the urgency of this problem and the significance of the problem. Um, and so they've done really interesting studies. The Yale Climate Communications Center has done interesting studies that even for people who deny, you know, think that climate change is a hoax, that even they think it's a good idea to invest more in renewable energies. Um, and so if you can identify those places where we share these values, then you can build your argument on that. So rather than, so someone might, um, might present, you know, I don't know, an idea for a proposal for a solar farm, not based on climate change, but just based on sort of economic, you know, investment and economic gains and, um, and things like that so I think again when you're writing when you're communicating with the public again sort of figuring out their values and um not that you want i mean there's there's you don't want to be manipulative or deceptive about it or just sort of use you know them but um identifying those those common values and basing your arguments on that
2: yeah I think you know i i'm glad you you, uh, gave such a great answer, because I think it's really important for people to hear that, especially prospective students. I know USC tends to attract a, a crowd of, you know, because, you know, grand challenges. I, I don't I don't know if you are familiar with like the engineering grand challenges. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of the culture on campus. And so many people are attracted to that stuff, little innovators. Um, but, you know, it's also important to think outside of just the technical and, you know, how yeah. are you actually going to get that idea off the ground? You know, yeah, strong yeah. communication for sure.
3: Yeah. Right. Because like we studied, like we looked at in the in the class, just the the technological fix isn't enough. It's not it's got to be the technology and the public acceptance of it and the economic feasibility of it. Otherwise, it's not going to work. It's not going to be implemented
2: Right, for sure. And that's something people, uh, the sooner you internalize that, the sooner you can start thinking of cooking up great ideas that can actually fulfill and check all those boxes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So to kind of wrap it up here, um, I know that many, many students, as particularly the engineering ones, can be fearful of their upper division writing classes they're all like oh man math and size is my forte I chose this for a reason I thought and you, you know you can't you can't get out of it at USC sorry uh you're gonna take a <laughs> writing class right I know USC does not does nope. not let you get out of it which nope. I think is great it's great <laughs> so uh, as as you know from from a teaching from a professor's perspective what would you say to people who are kind of nervous about you know their the writing classes um not co- you know coming from a background of math and science and stuff like right. that how, how would you lay their fears yeah no I get that a lot like we hear that a
3: lot but I mean and the first thing is is that writing is a skill it's not just a talent that you're either born with or without and you can't get better I mean I've gotten to be a much better writer you know like I continue to improve and so you can you can work on it and you can improve your skills. Um, it takes attention uh, to that and it takes practice, but you can definitely improve your skills. So even if you think you're starting at sort of a low level, which honestly is often not really the case with USC students, <laughs> um, there's there's there are ways to improve. And in my classes, I really try to kind of demystify that and give you some really concrete like, tools that you can use to improve your to improve your writing but i often find um, on my on my student evaluations that students like will confess like that they were dreading taking this class and that they put it off to their last semester at usc oh, yeah. and Um, but that then that they find that they actually really enjoyed it a lot more than they thought they would, which is, I feel like sort of a backhanded compliment. (laughs) Like, I'm not sure, like, oh okay, it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be. But I think one reason is that in the engineering writing classes that you get to write about topics that are engineering related and about topics that are interesting to you. And so, um, even in a class like my climate change class, that's still a very broad field, right? And so students are often able to, and I give, I try to give a lot of leeway in the assignment topics. And students find, I think, that when they're writing about something that's really interesting to them, that it comes a lot easier. Um, <clears throat> and then I also think that engineering writing often follows a pretty specific you know, like genre. Um, and so that also kind of helps, I think, give students some structure so that they don't feel like, oh my gosh, I have nothing. I don't know how to begin. I don't know how to start. I don't know what this is supposed to look like. But I try to sort of point out kind of some broad structures that they can use or their papers, but they do. I think that they a lot of times um, students really enjoy digging a little deeper into some of the the topics and technologies, and um, they they tend. I mean, they tend to. It, it tends to be not as bad as they think it's going to be.
2: <laughs> you heard it here her first, folks. You don't. Why are you scared? <laughs> don't don't. Be. It's a skill. You. I mean, I feel like people forget that they've been writing since they were kids. Like, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you can't be that bad of it. Come on, yeah. like you yeah. know, and you know the world is bigger than just equations and you know right. rules and laws uh physical laws um <laughs> so it's it's good to hear you know from from a writing professor because i think this is the first time we've kind of unpacked this topic and you know it's such a big part you know people talk about their writing classes as engineers like oh my god i'm so scared like uh, you know but i'm glad that we got to dis- demystify it a little bit and you know kind of you know, also cover how important writing is from an innovation standpoint. Yeah. So really, thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah. And I think this was really great. Well, you're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Thanks.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much Liz, for this one. I know when we kind of initially started talking about this episode, I thought it was super exciting. Because I think writing 340 is kind of unique to USC in terms of uh, an engineering program that definitely emphasizes uh, communication um, as a core tenant, sort of of our degree.
0: Liz, when, when you were going into 340 um, versus you're in it now, you're kind of going through this process right now. What's something that was unexpected about the class that you're in right now of, you know, given what you thought about the class going into it versus kind of what you're doing right now?
2: Honestly, I was a little surprised about how collaborative it was. The class itself is kind of small. So I, I want to say there's only like anywhere from 15 to 20 of us. And I actually do get a lot of FaceTime with my peers. And it's been pretty great to kind of hear them talk about research that they're doing. And you know, you could tell that a lot of the people in the class are super invested about climate change and sustainability and all the technology revolving ro- that. So it's been really great to kind of interface with my peers and also kind of use them as, you know, again. We do a lot of peer reviews, we do a lot of talking. So using them to kind of leverage my own ideas and it's been great. I've, I've really liked how, how much time I've been
1: able to spend with peers.
0: And then Audrey, did you take 340 on the overseas program?
1: No, I did not. I took Writing 340 the fall of my junior year. Um, so kind of a similar uh, semester long uh, class to, to lose. And my professor was Professor Amy Schrader so she is also housed under the Turvey School of Engineering um, as, a, as a writing professor. Um, and I think one thing, too, that to kind of pull out from the class is the emphasis on presenting. Um, so I know in my class, each one of our papers, especially towards the end of the course, came along with a presentation, um, which I think is super important. I know in mechanical engineering, we get that um, in a lot of our upper division courses, but um, this is like such a critical skill in industry to be able to present an idea um, succinctly and quickly um, in a way that kind of convinces your audience, right? Like telling stories is so important, even in engineering. So,
0: Absolutely. And I've said it before, but I often think that the world's worst engineer is one of the greatest ideas, but unable to communicate it to others. And, And communication is so key, not just being able to talk to somebody, but effectively you know, give out ideas and and have a back and forth and, and, and critical analysis of ideas and, and in writing as well, you know, the idea of being able to communicate via writing and give those reports, speaking to a technical audience and a non-technical audience. These are learned skill sets and something that has to be adapted and constantly paid attention to. So I'm, I'm glad you all have that, that uh, understanding of 340. exciting part about 342 is it's kind of the basis of our brand new summer overseas programs that we'll be launching when we come out of COVID. Writing 340 will be the first sets of classes that we'll launch with um, what we're calling uh, spring tales and fall leads. Uh, And what this means is that it's not enrolling in a different summer semester. It's actually enrolling in your typical spring semester of writing 340, let's say, and then you have a whole month of May of travel and cultural experiences afterward or the flip that's the spring tail the fall lead would be you travel in the month of august and you take those experiences and put them into your writing class in the fall semester uh first one's already been approved and ready to go for berlin uh for fall 2021 so this upcoming summer we'll run our first um uh, fall lead now. Granted, that's it's been approved curricularly, but it's you know whether it is safe to do so and deemed safe to do so by a number of different agencies. That's a whole other question. But we're already running that uh, or getting that ready to run, I should say, in, in the coming months. So this is exciting, and 340 is a, a big part of that. So. Awesome stuff, you all. Luz, thank you so much for bringing this. uh, And I hope you all are keeping as well as you possibly can be and and staying safe. Uh, And uh, for all of you out there that are listening, you know, hang tight. Uh, I know for those of you that are waiting for admission decisions, we will be uh, still reading applications right now, still making sure that we get our first year admission decisions out by the end of March, no later than April 1st. I don't have an exact date for you, but no later than April 1st. And uh, for those of you that applied as a transfer student, we're still reading our first year applications. We'll get to as soon as we can. And We can expect to have a admission decision or a request for fall uh, fall excuse me a request for spring grades by the end of May. So, thank you very much for We'll see you on the next episode.